0: What is up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You've joined us for a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back to the show. Dwindling down slowly but surely, but we're still in it, man, and we still got plenty of rock left in our system. I am your co-host, Mark Kamira. With me, as always, Corey Set, Corey, are you prepared for the end of the journey, or are you in denial about it? A little bit of denial.
1: Uh, actually uh, 15 songs. Now, we've now reached 15. And um, and people are reaching out to us and saying, "Uh, I got to get on Spin the Wheel one more time before you're done. And it's kind of hitting home like, oh, my God, it's not going to be long and we're going to be done. Actually, uh, Kelsey uh, the other day said at least once more before the wheel is done. You're only down to 15. So she'll be on next week. Actually, everybody loves Kelsey. She'll be back on the show uh, to Spin the Wheel. But, yeah, dwindling down, it's, I don't know, it's the end of an era, you might say.
0: End of an era, but not quite the end yet, and uh, by the way, I can't believe, speaking of uh, all coming back home, uh, I can't believe I forgot the real intro of the show, but I'm going to do that for you right now in case people are just tuning in for the first time, which I don't understand how you got this far. Uh, finding us for the first time but if you did we are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time that's right the mighty Van Halen and we do it one track at a time with a spin of the wheel that is how it's done and if you are a reoccurring member you already know this and you are weeping uh, tears of of sadness because you know the journey is almost over but don't be sad because like I say we've got plenty of show left over so uh, or left to go rather so So why don't we get into it? And Corey, usually, uh, you know, sometimes it's a fun show to do when it's you and I, when we're just kind of going back and forth, kicking it old school. But it's always better when we get a fresh perspective. And uh, we do that by bringing on guests on the show. So why don't you give our guest a rousing welcome?
1: Well, I've been meaning to ask this guest on uh, for a very long time, Uh, ever since uh, his first appearance uh, way, way, way back when. Uh, He's a brilliant man. Uh, He's a private investigator. He's an author. He's a podcaster. Uh, He's a balloon enthusiast. He's an amateur magician. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only Darren Paltrowitz is back on the show. Darren, how's it going tonight, my friend?
2: Uh, Nothing but yeah. What was that? I'm trying to think of more Dave quotes to throw at you. But (laughs) bottom line is it was a blast being on with you guys last time. And thank you for having me on again. There's, There's some of these appearances that feel like obligations. And there's some of them that are just fun and this this is a fun one.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much for that and we wanted to bring you on uh, specifically uh for this reason and that's your book. Uh the DLR book, how David Lee Roth changed the world, man. You're getting a lot of playoff this thing. I'm seeing your name everywhere. Or Eric Sanchez did a big uh interview with you uh, on the Van helen news desk. Uh, I was just reading a blabbermouth article on you. It's a, it, it, it almost feels like I know Taylor Swift in a way because you are just everywhere nowadays. Uh, not only for, for the yeah. book, but also for the Paltrow cast. you got a lot to talk about here tonight.
2: I try not to be boring. If, you know, I hope <laughs> mission accomplished with oh, all yeah. that. So I tape interviews five, six days a week. There's this book. There's the PI stuff, as you mentioned. There's some artist consulting. I just try not to be boring or sleep. And so far, mission accomplished.
1: Excellent. <laughs> so when are you debuting with the Blue Man Group? I heard that was going to be next on your dance card.
2: I did get somebody related to Blue Man Group in the book. That was a thrill because he turns out to have put out this Van Hagar era kind of compilation out of Boston in the mid-90s. So there's that tie to Blue Man Group. I used to know a guy who designed their sound. That's two. And then uh, number three is I fanboyed out big time. At Blue Man Group, people on a cruise like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, I think you're on a cruise and you're not supposed to care about the entertainment. And Blue Man Group was the featured entertainment. And I went to the Q&A and I, was, I just wanted to know everything about Blue Man Group. A Blue Man- I don't think the- I've publicly spoken about that.
1: A Blue Man Group Q&A, did they just sit there and stare at you? Like, they don't talk, do they?
2: Out of makeup, out of character. Oh, okay. And they were able to answer all that. And you, when you realize what goes into the Blue Man Group, it's actually fascinating that they are characters. It's not just the you know okay they don't talk. So the thing is they have to learn each of the roles. So Blue Man One might be doing the Blue Man Three just to amuse themselves on a different night. Oh. I, I didn't mean to turn this into the Blue Man uh, group cast, but hey, well, i uh, tell you, you what, ask.
1: yeah, uh, Darren and I could be starting a new podcast, Blue Man Pod, uh, coming out wherever you get your podcast from. But I want to kind of hear a little bit more about the DLR book because you you want to talk about an interesting fellow. I, I love kind of in the write up of the book. Uh, What do you do after leaving one of the world's biggest bands? Well, if you're David Lee Roth, you write a memoir, become a radio host, sell a screenplay to a major studio, get certified as an EMT, of course, play Vegas, and put out bluegrass versions of all your biggest hits, and then, oh, yeah, uh, you know, rejoin Van Halen for a reunion tour. Guy did a lot, and actually, uh, I I just really wish David Lee Roth was in the news right now for something. It it just seems like a missed opportunity to have you on, and he's been so low-key lately.
2: Yeah, extremely (laughs) low-key, he basically made national headlines three times in seven days. Then somebody leaked him at a tattoo artist over the weekend. There was that one. Did you see that? I actually uh, missed Instagram? that one.
1: No.
0: What was that? Missed
2: about? that one. No. I, I don't know if he was allowed to do it, but his tattoo artist said, you know, me and uncle Dave at the shop. It was a guy, something like triple seven was his name. All the tattoo artists know Dave. Uh, every time I interview a tattoo artist, i Throw in a Dave question. There's a chance that they tattooed the guy, but they don't necessarily tell you that on the air or on the mic. You don't know if he, uh, before he gets the needle jabbed in him with the ink, he makes him sign an NDA.
0: <laughs> wow. Jeez. So, uh,
1: you know, uh, we, we talked about it on our last show on our live show. We didn't touch it. Cause we want, it was Eddie's birthday. We went live just this past Friday and we didn't want to yeah. talk about anything negative, but uh, yeah, Dave made some news Uh, maybe a little bit. Darren, I just kind of wanted to get your take on it, being the guy who literally wrote the book uh, on David Lee Roth. Um, He released a couple of videos uh, on his YouTube channel. What what was your take on that whole situation?
2: At first, it's like, oh, cool, Dave's back. Dave's interesting, Dave's back. And then the charm kind of wears off because he's factually inaccurate about all these things. These swears are the absolute truth and historically correct. (laughs) So, you know, if you take... I haven't put this out on the DLR cast one, but this new one that he put out about Wolfie, for example, he's going, you know, we're in New York city. We're at Jones beach. I live four or five miles from Jones beach. I don't live in New York city. So just right away, (laughs) that's a little bit of an inaccuracy. And he's, you know, yelling about how Wolfie kicked out this, but by the way, let me ask. Let me ask this: Do you call him Wolf, Wolfie, or Wolfgang? What's the correct way to address him, Mister Mister Wolf?
1: We've done all Mr. three, I think, Mark. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if any are correct, but uh, I'm sure he does listen uh, he, to the we, show. We, but.
0: Yeah, we typically just say Wolfie if we're talking about him. Uh, but okay. uh, yeah, we could be we could be wrong about that. But here on the show, it's
2: Wolfie. <laughs> okay, so Wolfie. I'll do the air quotes just in case. I don't know if you call a person their nickname once they're over the age of thirty. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's, you go from Debbie Gibson to Deborah Gibson and then at a certain age, you become Debbie again, but for a certain number <laughs> of years, it couldn't be Debbie. So I think that Wolfie, we're going to eventually see the Wolf phase of his career where you don't call him Wolfie, but the whole Dave thing where he, Wolfie kicked out the accountant who had the 80, the checks for the 80 people. You go, so this is 2015. You're mm-hmm. telling me an accountant walks in with 80 paper checks to, That's insane. They magically show up at Jones Beach yeah. with a bag full of eighty checks. Then he tells the story again about how they're playing the Hollywood Bowl, and that accountant got kicked out again for Wolfie, and they had the checks for eighty plus people. So this accountant just travels from show to show with eighty plus paper checks in their bag. There's no maybe he deposit. prefers he prefers the analog approach. Who knows? <laughs> so so I. Being very neurotic, I dug into this and I asked people who work for Dave. I said, when you work for Dave, do you get paid in paper check or direct deposit? And they said, oh, direct deposit every time. (laughs) So so Jones Beach is not in New York City. And paper checks may not have been the payment. (laughs) So so I just hear all these Dave emerging kind of things. And when he says, hey, uh, that's when Eddie called me. So I asked people who worked with Dave in that era, and they said Dave had no contact with Eddie in that porn period of Ed's life. So...
0: So he definitely wasn't talking to Wolfie.
2: (laughs) And then he says all that negative stuff about Wolfie, but it's Wolfie who got classic Van Halen back together by calling Dave.
1: Exactly, yeah.
2: Yeah, so... If these stories are just meant to entertain us, great. But I just – I kind of want to know the truth or truth-ish, truth-oriented kind of things. And you wonder, does he not remember this stuff or is he just rewriting history? I, I don't know.
0: I think part of it is probably a, a weird combination of the two. Like uh, perhaps his warped perception is is so warped because of, I don't know, he- list any reason – uh that he remembers things incorrectly but then at the same time i don't think he's interested in detailing accurate statements i think what he and and again i have no no basis on this at all because i've never met the guy but it just it seems and it feels like even if you told dave hey what you're saying is not not accurate you think he would care i don't think he would care he'd be like it's it's it is because I said so and because anyone will believe what I have to say because I'm David Lee Roth and it's, you know, it's, it's like, a, yeah.
1: It's a little bit like Billy Joe Armstrong coming out and saying, yeah, I met Eddie Van Halen once and he told me I'm the only person on earth who gets him. It's like, uh, you know, you were a drunk at the time. Are you remembering that all the way correctly? Because, I don't know, it, it doesn't quite pass the sniff test. But Darren, uh, we're going to move on from this real quick. We got a great uh, question in the chat from one of our patrons, Scott Monroe. Uh, And he says, uh, Darren, based on everything you know about David Lee Ross' mindset and his desire to create on his own terms, what exactly is he trying to accomplish with his (laughs) subpar re-recordings of Van Halen songs? And that is a tremendous question I want to get your take on. That
2: is. That's a great question, Scott. Uh, I've asked about that. And the first part is, you have to have the context of going, he did these re-recordings a couple of months after the Vegas residency got canceled, and he did it with the Vegas band. So I think on one hand, he was just trying to document that era because they didn't do the gigs, and here you go, because Dave likes to record, and he's potentially sitting on hundreds of unreleased recordings, just stuff he felt like doing in the moment. So he's always been recording. Supposedly, he's always in the same room at Henson Studios in LA, the former A&M, supposedly the Karen Carpenter room, and he likes this one room, and he likes this person on the staff, and this is what he does. And you know he just kind of makes the call, or his team makes the call, Dave feels like recording right now, and he does that. Now, as for putting them out... My guess is as good as yours. I've spoken with people involved with the recordings, and they don't know when they're coming out. They don't know what's necessarily finished or in the can. They don't know why they've been coming off of Spotify and YouTube after they've been published. No one seems to know anything. And I point that out because... When you're talking about a high-level recording artist or even a medium-level recording artist, they usually have their manager who's the face of it, the brains behind the operation, but they have their day-to-day person. They have the person who's coordinating all the interviews, dealing with all the marketing and promo kinds of things, dealing with the Apple and Spotify things, the promotions, etc. And it doesn't appear that Dave has the day-to-day person. So in turn, there's a lot of... There's a lot lost in the process of when he goes, I want to do this, and they don't necessarily finish or they don't unveil it the right way. Hence why he does these big things. And then there's no interview or press release. It's just it's posted. And then a bunch of people go, "Uh, it's posted. And then you go, oh, okay. And then it's gone. Does that answer?
0: So, or so, so it's, so it's all chaos essentially. And it's like, and
2: nobody knows like, Oh, we don't know who's doing it. Like somebody knows like answer. Yeah, I think I have it in the book that when I interviewed John five, a couple of years back, I said, do you find out when these songs that you wrote with Dave and played on with Dave for coming out? And he's, and he said, no, I see it on Blabbermouth that it's out. I get the Google <laughs> alert. So the songwriter doesn't even know. Right. So, If the songwriter who played the instruments on it doesn't know, I just don't think anybody knows. Dave and Team Dave are just going, okay, now, (laughs) and then, and then we get these things. So, what is he doing with these re-records? I think it's part that he just had them in the can, part that he's trying to do this whole thing of I am Van Halen. I thought, and people who used to work with him brought this to my attention. You know how one or two of the singles of the Van Halen re-records had that graphic that said Roth lives? Mm-hmm. That's kind of in poor taste, isn't it? little bit, yeah.
0: That's in- incredibly poor. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredibly poor taste. Yeah, let's just call it a spade a spade. Like, it's extremely disrespectful and in and, and poor taste. And uh, But poor taste doesn't seem to be something Dave's ever been concerned with. Um, Clearly. because again, I think in, I think in his mind, everything he does is gold, which <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how you've gone this long. You still thinking that, but all right, fine. We'll do it. I um, think he had a yeah.
2: perfect to rudely, rudely interrupt you, Mark, for the first, of ahead, many the com. <laughs> I think that Dave had a perfect batting average until 88, arguably 90. And then. If he doesn't have a proper manager in place all the cracks show if he doesn't have a co-pilot or a great collaborator all the cracks will show and i think oh, that he sure. got great again under matt sencio in the late 90s until the early 2000s and then after after the first van halen reunion tour i think when matt sencio was gone and the team changed again for the unteenth time I think the cracks really, really started to show. And so that batting average, it's not even a 300 batting average. It's kind of like a, a pinch hitter 140 kind of batting average at this point in time. And it's just, the we expect the most from Dave because we know what he's capable of from the 70s, 80s, early 90s. And instead, we just get this garbage, this dumpster fire hot garbage stuff over and over again. Yet all the Facebook and YouTube comments are so positive. Yeah. What's up with that?
1: I, I can like, he released another video. I think it was this week, just him dancing uh, to some stupid thing. He even gets winded halfway through, goes to the back of the room, takes a break and then dances like an idiot again. turns like, oh Dave's the man you go, Dave. You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, wh- why are you putting this out?
2: And, and they're old videos too. I do believe I've heard from people who have been at the Mojo dojo These are old (laughs) videos in the can. So you go, why is that what you're putting out?
0: It's kind of like every time we do the show and we spin a Dave track, it could go either way, depending on what era of of Van Halen. But typically it's overall very positive in the polls. Mm -hmm. But suspiciously, uh, it's not suspicious. It's just weird. Weirdly, uh, whenever we spin a Sammy track, track, the votes tend to swing uh, less positive. Uh, And I just, I feel like there's this overwhelming, weird sense of uh, Roth loyalists out there that no matter what Van Halen you're listening to, if Roth ain't singing it, then it's not Van Halen in their eyes. And they're going to automatically vote down because it's like, it's not Roth. So fuck it. Nope. Downvoting. And then uh, I think these are the same people that are jumping into the YouTube and Facebook comments of these stupid videos and just like hashtag so brave or is like, yeah, Dave's still the man. <laughs> da, da. So you brave. know, like st- stupid bullshit yeah. like that. And it's like, wh- what is wrong with you? Like
2: all of you, seriously. I think cool. you're being too positive about that. And I've spoken about it with somebody who might be seated six feet away from me right now, but I think that they're moderating the comments that get published Ah. so the second there there's anything that's less than flattering it's gone and i once texted that by putting up a negative comment and it was deleted
0: aha okay well then there there you go that's and then there's that and then there's that so all the dave
2: to the grave stuff is uh is staying there and then (laughs) the why are you posting old videos (laughs) that's gone
1: and bizarre ones too. Now, uh, I'm going back to the chat here because Mark, we have a question for you. Uh, A very serious question from one of our patrons. Jeff Brewer wants to know, Mark, what kind of conditioner are you using on your hair? Uh, He wishes he had that much hair. So please uh, enlighten the people.
0: Well, I can't give all of my trade secrets away, but here's what I'll say. I have uh, ridiculously curly and tangly hair. It's only gotten worse as I've just let it grow and do what it do. Um, but it also means that I have to take better care of it. So, uh, the key is wash, wash it at least once a week and then condition it a lot and keep it wet, keep it moisturized. And then I put in a leave-in conditioner when I want it to, uh, when I don't feel like washing it and then I just want to have it, uh, you know, sit nicely and not look like a rat's nest.
1: There you have it. Hope that answers your question, Jeff.
0: Uh, Scott, ever- <laughs> I can't tell you the brand because I honestly don't know the
1: brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, ever in the chat, uh, some of the luster did come off with the YouTube post last week. I think even those that were always positive were turned off by them. And, and yeah, I think you, you you saw a little bit of a change. Like you know, you, you go after Ed, you go after Wolfgang. It's uh, you, you're you're going to lose yeah. a little uh, public support. And now everyone's kind of waiting. You know, Wolfgang is not afraid at all to call out uh, assholes on Twitter uh, who take him to task yeah. for naming his band or just being the son of Eddie Van Halen. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of waiting for his response. Uh, I, w- I you know, I, 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 like to think maybe Wolfgang's going to play this one kind of close to the vest and just say, you know what, just fucking let it go.
0: I think that's what he's, that's exactly what he's going to do. Cause, and he obviously knows the workings of, or he's at least knows the workings of Dave better than we do for sure. Uh, and I think he's probably in a, the headspace of, he, Even if I engage with Dave about this stuff, what's it going to lead to? You know, what is it going to solve or accomplish? Because at this point, Dave's just going to Dave.
2: So yeah, I don't think he's just wasting his energy on it. I have a slightly different take on this. And this is the jaded industry take on it because I tape interviews five, six days a week. Mm -hmm. And a certain percentage of the interviews that I do the publicist gives you a preamble before you do the interview, and they go, "They, I, I'm going to f- become a fake L.A. publicist. Uh, are you ready for good character work?
1: All right, here we go. Oh, yeah.
2: They, they go, oh, well, they are so excited to talk with you. This is going to be great. We are. Let me tell you, we are psyched. But can you just not talk about blank? <laughs> and then <they> give everything <laughs> you want to talk about, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there was one, uh, there was one artist that I interviewed last week, legendary. Uh, I don't want to say what his name was, but he, he's thought of as a quote, pub rock artist from England of the, of the early eighties. It's not Joe Jackson and it's not Elvis Costello. You could figure out who it was. <laughs> and he turned out to be lovely and wonderful. And we could have spoken for hours, but his team is like, by the way, Don't use the words pub rock. He doesn't like talking about that. Uh, Don't talk about his old hits so much. He's not interested in that. And so sometimes you do these interviews and they go, ah, Hey, we're so psyched. And we're talking about the new album, right? Right. We're talking about the new album, right. And the tour. Yeah. And there'll be no mention of any former bandmates. Right. So Wolfie has that kind of a publicist yeah probably so yeah. so he definitely no he he, de- he I know. Definitely, I know does. He definitely does his his publicist was handling um who is that guy from iced earth who's at the insurrection oh
0: shit um yeah. i don't know his um, name but i know i know yeah i know that whole he yeah, was
2: handling whole... him right before january 6th <laughs> <laughs> that oh, guy shit. put out okay. a fighter a fire or six but he also oh, handled dude. handles i can't speak today handles altar bridge and Tramonti, he's a real heavy hitter and you if you're an interviewer if you want to get his clients again you listen to him and you don't ask about those topics so that's why I don't think we're seeing Wolfie quotes just yet gotcha
0: that's probably the the best and more accurate answer so there you go I, I will uh Leave it to Darren on that one. There you have your answers, people. Like again, Corey and I—we're not experts. We're not the the rock disagree. Orans. We tell <laughs> we tell we tell you every every week. We have to make it known because just in case those uh, those old trolls from yesteryear uh, want to start cropping back up and tell us how much we don't know shit about Van Halen. Like yeah oh. yeah we're not we didn't we didn't say we did.
2: So. Join the club. You can't tell me how many people tell me I don't know anything. And uh, th- I had. I had a person who took issue with something I said about Dave related to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Somebody who worked with Dave for a long time told me that he never said one nice thing about Wolfgang ever backstage or anything. And a YouTube commenter was going, that's not true. I was in the room. They wouldn't say who they were, but they were like, that's not true. I was in the room. He always said nice things about Wolfgang. And then this thing comes out and you go, (laughs) ah, Pretty sure you were wrong about that one. <laughs> but it's, like, it's like, oh, were you? Were you in the room? What room was that? What yeah. was the room? Tell me. <laughs> Which uh, institution uh, room was that? And I, I think that there's always going to be internet rumors about these kinds of things. But at the same time, Van Halen was an A-list, high-level band. Mm-hmm. Yet, there's so many things that go on with Van Halen that, for lack of a better term, are a little ghetto or... Lower class, and you never know what the truth is with these things. Dave included.
1: Well, I'll have you know, I was in the room. I was at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi, Mississippi, with sixteen thousand yep. other people, and he spoke very highly of Wolfie. Then, so
0: <laughs> I know for a fact you yeah. were not in <laughs> Biloxi, Mississippi. <laughs> oh, you got me. You got me.
2: <laughs> it, it's it's anything is possible. Anything is possible. Maybe Dave liked him for a couple of nights and somebody overheard that kind of a thing. But I just, I was supremely heartbroken by these podcasts. And A lot of people who work with Dave have texted me to say that they were heartbroken and they agree with all that. And then 10 to 20% of the people who listen to my stuff or read my stuff basically go, you snowflake. These are funny. These are entertainment. You're, you're taking this all too seriously. And I go, okay, Somebody spoke about, deceased family members of mine like that, I wouldn't find it entertaining personally. So I can only imagine what Wolfgang and Alex think of all this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Ugh. All right. uh, Who are you ignoring in there, Corey?
1: uh, Well, yeah, I'm ignoring Chaz apparently, but I don't know. He's not saying anything too interesting. So when he starts, uh, I'll just bring his comments in. But we have another question here from the chat uh, from our good buddy, Scott Monroe, who says, Darren, for your book, I heard you say that you did lots of research and investigating for the sake of clearing up fact from fiction. Can you provide one or two notable examples of that?
2: Sure. Uh, getting Dave's helicopter pilot's license. <laughs> Things like that. We have a thing here in the States, uh, Freedom of Information Act, that basically lets you get certain government and public records. If you ask nicely and you explain what it's for, and then it's not for commercial use. So I knew that kind of stuff from being a private investigator. Then the part about the truth about Sammy and Dave had a corporation together for their tour, the Hagar Roth touring. I figured that out by pulling the corporate documents and looking at the years that different corporations were dissolved by Dave that came from knowing where to look with the California secretary of state. I can give you a trillion of these, but I don't want to put everyone else to sleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I find that really fascinating and just uh, everybody out there, uh, go get the book. I, I know mine's on order. Uh, because I live in Canada, it's going to take for bloody ever to get here, but... Uh,
2: I'll, I'll email you the advanced PDF uh, tonight, oh. and then you can leak it like everybody else. You're the How's man.
1: It? Thank you very much. Yeah, look ah. for that uh, Look for that on my uh, Twitter feed coming up. I'm going to be leaking the book <laughs> uh, for my good buddy, yeah. Darren. But, uh, Mark, it's been about half an hour. Maybe we should get into the show. Uh, we we have a we Van should. Halen song to talk about, but before we do that, man, I, I missed a little piece of business last week. Because... Uh, well, last week... I feel like we feel did, like this one will be easier. Yeah, we did... Uh, Pleasure Dome was the song that we spun last week. First, we did a live show on Friday. We're not counting that. But last Wednesday, we spun uh, Pleasure Dome. And I forgot to ask, uh, how many times do you guys think Van Halen ever performed Pleasure Dome? So we've got Darren on here, and it's unfair to Darren. He's a Dave guy. This is a Sammy track. But you have to try and guess, and you're hearing the Prices Right theme because we play Prices Right rules. You have to get closest to the actual number without going over... How many times do you think Van Halen ever performed Pleasure Dome? And we're going to start with Mark Kameyer. 30 times. 30 times. All right, Darren Pawtrick, you can go 31. Try and screw him up that way. But uh, what? how many times do you think Van Halen performed Pleasure Dome? Uh,
2: Price is right rules?
1: Price is right rules, yep. $1. $1? $1. All right, Darren. <laughs> You know it's at least more than once because they have it on the damn live record. on Live right here, right now, that you pleasured them. The correct
0: answer, 98 times. Oh, damn. So, almost, Mark, uh, you won? Almost a, a full hundo, but uh, not quite. He, you said a dollar. You should have said $100. But, That's uh, right. Hey, look, I win.
2: <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, what do you
1: win? Yeah, there, there's no prize.
0: Satisfaction.
1: <laughs> Although, <laughs> coming up, uh, we're talking around middle of February. Uh, we're talking about doing a Van Halen trivia night. Uh, if you want to take part mm-hmm. in that, there is a prize. We're going to be sending the winner a, a T-shirt from our T Public Store, 100% certified Van Halen expert, uh, designed by our good friend uh, Kevin Brown. Uh, so, I don't know, we, we talked about maybe getting Eric Senich in there. I don't know if, they can, if maybe you and Eric should compete for prizes, because you probably know most. And, uh, you, know, you literally wrote the book on Dave Lee Roth for crying out loud, so you're probably going to ace that thing. <laughs>
2: No, uh, Eric knows ten times more than me. Greg Renoff knows ten times more. They they had me on this Connecticut radio station uh, doing Van Halen trivia as their their hired gun expert a couple of days. And some of these things, you go, I have no idea. Why well, I have a life? Why would I know that? <laughs> maybe. They, uh, maybe how many seconds <laughs> does Spanish fly? That was an actual question. Oh and Jesus go, Christ! Why, why would I know that?
1: Well, here, here, here's a shot of the T-shirt. Uh, all of our patrons uh, are invited to participate in Van Halen Trivia Night, and we yeah. will send you a certified Van Halen Expert T-shirt, uh, courtesy of Mark and myself. Um, yeah. we're, we're trying to uh, nail down a date. It's going to be sometime in February, but that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm anxious for some of these uh, experts we have in the chat to uh, put their money where their mouth is, and uh, and we'll see who comes out on top.
0: Maybe we can get uh, Eric and Greg and Darren uh, as, like, uh, the judges, panelists, you know, something like that in case a, a question goes awry and they, we need a judge to come in and, and uh, facilitate. I think that would yeah. be a good position. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, they're just the three of them just going to run a train on everybody. There you go. We'll get Eric, uh, we'll
1: get uh, Darren, and we'll get uh, someone from the Bogus Otis, maybe other Darren. Uh, we'll have Darren, yeah, Darren squared, okay. and, uh, yeah, we'll do a live show with it. Uh,
2: if it's They'll some salvaje trivia, I, I could do that.
1: Okay. Well, we have to throw <laughs> some of that in there, actually. That's a good idea.
2: Yeah, there you go. What's so, the fourth word of soy facile? <laughs> Oof. Oh, you, yeah. you got me stuck.
0: that is a preview of what Van Halen trivia is going to look like, then some of y'all are in trouble. <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe not. Maybe not. Some of y'all are going to uh, show out, and I can't wait for that. Speaking of showing out... I don't know where all the uh, the Van Halen uh, or the rather the Sammy Hagar fans went to because they didn't show out for this poll. As Corey mentioned, we went over Pleasure Dome uh, last week uh, or the last show anyway, and a shocker the the upvote won out, but it was still not quite as high as uh, I'm actually kind of a. Uh, a little bit surprised, but then I'm also not. We had a 73% vote of what dreams are made of for Pleasure Dome versus a 27% the dream is over. Uh, if if you were to ask my co-host Corey, I'm sure he would say uh, this should be much higher in the dream is over campaign, but Corey did upvote Pleasure Dome, which was a huge shocker to, to everyone across the board. Uh, what do you think about these uh, the poll results here, Corey? Little
1: high for me. Like if you're grading this, like I get it for a, a, a Sammy track. Seventy-two is pretty much the norm. If you look at it now, it's ranked eighty-third on our list uh, of uh, Van Halen tracks. We've, we've covered 108 songs so far, Mark. Uh, this one ranks eighty-third. Uh, so, but everything. Uh, look at all that green uh, on your screen here. That that's all Sammy tracks. There's only a couple of Dave tracks yeah. in there. Big River uh, from Different Kind of Truth, Honey Baby Sweetie Doll, and Dancing in the Street. Or the three kind of Dave tracks in that era. Um, you only get like one Gary song in there without you uh, from Van Halen 3. Uh, that finishes just a couple spots below Pleasure Dome. But Pleasure Dome is nestled in with in and out uh source of infection. Don't tell me from Balance, which I think should be much higher. Um, can't stop loving you. So par <laughs> for the course for, for for Sammy. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, Like we talked about Pleasure Dome. And you're, you're going to read the tweets. A lot of defenders for that song. A lot of guys who just couldn't find themselves uh, to to upvote it. The music is phenomenal. Now, musically, it's a great, great song. Sammy does his absolute best to ruin it, at least for me. And, and for some other people out there, too.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's. I honestly didn't have uh, as big of a problem with it. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of an issue when we got to the song because it had become infamous that Corey did, was not looking forward to discussing that track, but I was very surprised by the results. So let's go to the tweets here by our lovely patrons to see what they're saying about Pleasure Dome. Starting off, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll hit it at the Discord after this, but starting off... With Sean Geek, our buddy Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast says, I like this track, but I'm a drummer, and honestly, I could never downvote anything Alex puts together like this. And uh, I mean, we we did sort of harp on uh what, what Alex is doing in this song, so I mean there's no shocker there. Uh n- not a not a surprise whatsoever. So thank you, Sean. Rave of Flav says, for a couple of years now, this is the song that Corey assured me that I should not like. I can't get with the spoken part, but that bridge complete with the cowbell and the drive after it's brosackly what them's dreams is made of. Hashtag play it loud. <laughs> At first I'm like, uh, did Rave of Flave have a stroke while tweeting this? And I'm like, oh, I, I see what he did there. Um uh, but the, yeah, there you go. See that right away? Raven of uh expressing his uh, kind of happy disappointment in the sense that Corey assured everyone that this would not be a good track, and then here we are. I, I, I don't know where they
1: get that from. I know I kind of mentioned I was looking forward to it. I'm not because Sammy sucks on this thing. Like he's—I don't think he's singing it that great. The spoken word section stinks, and and I hate his delivery uh, of, of of the fucking uh, chorus. You have the uh, the whole. Uh, well, I gotta look. For- you didn't have uh i mean lost y- in this pleasure dome fuck that that's <laughs> terrible
0: and but yet you upvoted it musically so. uh, that song
1: is a rocker like it's really yeah, really m- good musically
0: it's awesome and, uh, as a
1: fan of alex van halen maybe his best drum performance on that entire record I and mean, when you listen to live right mm-hmm. here right now and it's uh the mm-hmm. instrumental fantastic like you you do not skip that i it's absolutely amazing bridging into the drum solo uh, it, it's just Sammy I wasn't a fan of on that one, but it was still, the music was definitely good enough for me to upvote it.
2: Well, there good you go. Enough. There you go. I see what you did there.
0: Thank you. you. Good enough. Exactly. Uh, Brad Gould says, this song shreds full band at full speed. The lyrics are a bit wonky, but delivered with a powerful performance by Sammy really dig the complexity of the rhythm section. And Eddie is well, Eddie hashtag what dreams are made of. That sort of uh echoed my sentiments about how I felt about Pleasure Dome. I, uh, but i did agree that that spoken word bit that sammy does at the uh you know at the beginning of his vocal run yeah not the great that was really my only downside to the track but everything else worked for me so uh let's see davy lee smith says i'll be honest this grew on me a bit but it still felt on the longer side for me i I would prefer this as an instrumental and when sam does the talking it feels awkward and him trying to be funny a bit too hard if you ask me uh dream is over but barely so okay there you go there's a down vote right there uh we knew it was going to happen with uh with some of our patrons but at least they have the voice to let us know why and let's see uh all right, buddy Josh says, no better song to have on repeat while pulling a northern pike out of the frozen lake and seeking warmth in an igloo, hence the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> so,
2: that is the most Canadian thing that I've heard. Of. <laughs> I, I was going to say, clearly he's been to Saskatoon because that's... Yeah. Pulling a pike... Say that again?
0: <laughs> pulling a northern pike out of the fro- out of a frozen lake and seeking warmth in an igloo. Yep. So he's yeah he, wow. he's painting a portrait. He must be in Quebec. Great fishing in Quebec. Uh, oh, no, uh, Northern great... Pikes
1: are in Saskatchewan. Actually, one of my favorite Canadian bands uh, is from Saskatchewan and named the Northern Pikes.
0: Oh, that okay. goes to show you how my Canadian geography is. <laughs> I am the worst uh, Canadian descendant ever. Go look up a song uh, called
1: uh, "She Ain't Pretty." It actually charted in the states. Very good Northern Pike song.
0: I'm going. I feel to do like that. you played that song for me. Um, I, I may ha- I may have. You may have. So uh, Greg Zito says, this is hard, but I have to downvote it. And with the thumbs down emoji, there's another one. He didn't, uh, maybe he's on, maybe it's on Discord, but here he didn't explain why. He just said, can't. And moving on. And all right. And that is it for our tweets from our patrons. You guys, we have plenty of uh, tweets and responses on this poll, but if you want it guaranteed read on the show, join our patreon and you can have access to our discord where we have uh you could just write a manifesto if you want or a full-blown manifesto just like our friend scott monroe has done so here we go and by the way thank you scott for making it clear in the discord where i need to start reading <laughs> it's like i appreciate you guys more than you know uh he says pleasure dome is hashtag what dreams are made of despite being overly long and having some problematic sammy vocals I I assume he's referring to the uh, the spoken word part. I'm of several minds on this track. I can look past the bad parts and enjoy the elements of the song that really work. Yet I agree with most fans that it works better as a condensed instrumental, like the version from Live Right Here Right Now. But in my head canon, there's also an edit of the studio version that I think works best of all. Let me break it down. Here he goes. There's no disputing that Eddie Van Halen's intro noodling with the dive bombing and high-tempo jam of the trio that follows is an incredible start. This is perfect fuck tone. Uh, then we get to Sammy's spoken verses. Ugh. Lyrically, it's somewhat interesting, but the delivery just doesn't work for me. This needs to be gone. Uh, the Miles and Miles pre-chorus slash bridge section is great. There are only there are the vo- the only vocals you need on this song. Uh, these are the only vocals you need on the song. The Pleasure Dome chorus that follows, again, with that annoying spoken style by Sammy, is trash. It should be gone too. The Jamgasm solo from roughly four minutes to five five minutes and five seconds is worth the price of admission alone. Hot damn, wouldn't change a thing there. After the solo jam section, Kill the repetitive pre-chorus and chorus, miles and miles, etc. We get it. Just keep the cool Eddie Van Halen harmonics from 6 minutes 14 seconds to 6 minutes 28 seconds. The song can end right after that. And with those cuts, it clocks in at a little under 5 minutes instead of nearly 7. And it's a totally solid album track with no issues on my end. Thanks for indulging me. The pleasure was mine all mine. Well, uh, and I'll tell you what. Absolutely worded there, Scott. Absolutely, a little
1: value add for all of our patrons on the Discord server. Kevin Brown actually took those edits and recut uh, "Pleasure Dome" and posted it on our Discord, and it is 100 better. Like it is a is a that great is track.
0: Yeah, and as, it's yeah, it's an much. It, good for any. Oh, it'll it'll melt your igloo down. So be <laughs> be uh, be warned. uh I will say, even though I was uh, pretty positive on "Pleasure Dome." Throughout and my issues didn't match a lot of people's issues. I did listen to the Kevin Brown edit, and you are correct; it is vastly superior. So thank you, Kevin, for that. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, (laughs) Scott even said it's miles and miles above the original. Thank you, Kevin. I see he's the man uh all right our friend our patron chad says pleasure dome fuck (laughs) when this album came out uh this tracks was this track was a skipper for me it wasn't party van halen and frankly i didn't get it now so many years later this song has aged excellent in my opinion uh it has a bit of the alternative vibe to it the music is excellent not too stock uh and sam's spoken word part doesn't bother me now like it did when i was a kid my only complaint miles and miles from nowhere what does that even mean the opposite of nowhere is everywhere so wouldn't that mean that if you were miles from nowhere you would have to be smack dab in the middle of everywhere so how can you be lost or so far away from anything when you are in the middle of everywhere I don't know how you voted, Chad. I, based on this, I'm not. It, it seems like you were you were positive, and then you got really mad, and then you just ended it there. So He's like, um, that's it. I'm done. But he he did say. I think it's fucking stock. What which part of that is unclear to you? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Kevin, I think Kevin Brown tries to. Uh, uh, tries to interject with that said, he goes, I'd say the opposite of nowhere is somewhere, but that's picking nits, which is what Mark (laughs) usually does, but he seems to be asleep at the wheel. I think Scott Monroe nailed his edit. When you take out the spoken word section, the song is definitely stronger for me, but it's never been a song that bothered me at all. It's just a fairly middling album track. So uh, I, uh, I think Kevin voted yes on that one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Let's see. Ah, and uh, Sean McGinnity, he, uh, he elaborated more from his tweet. And he says, I have some thoughts on pleasure dome. I can't remember when and where I heard it. Uh, Sammy's bio, maybe when Alex soloed and later when Ed soloed, he would take that time and bring it, bring in a groupie. I think he might've referred to the area he took them in as his pleasure dome. I could be off there, but in my head, it makes sense. So maybe, I mean, based on uh, the context of the, the lyrics and everything, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't discredit that as, as, as a possible thing, um, uh, uh, Darren, do you do you know? Do you happen to know? I know it's not anything Roth-related, but do you happen to
2: know? Sammy talked about that in his book, about the sleeping bags under the stage. And people I've spoken with go, yeah, that's not true. That's <laughs> That's you having a really good story or attempting to have a really good story. And the further background on that is the Sammy autobiography that we the public have is not the original one that he sued to have never come out because he was horrified about what was ghost for him so <laughs> oh boy uh, a different kind of truth is applicable in a lot of ways in the Van Halen universe
0: my goodness good lord there's ugh. it's just like the 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 band drama never ceases like there's never a shortage yeah, of stories with they the band just at all look functional <laughs> That. And that is something and that, Holy and God. that's saying a lot. That is, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. We might have to go like tit for tat on that one, but I would be, I w- I'll be in front row seat of attendance of that show of just like debate, kiss drama versus Van Halen drama discuss. Um, but uh finally rounding out the, uh, the manifestos here is our buddy Jeff Brewer who says I put pleasure dome in the same category as girl gone bad. They are both great instrumental tracks that are probably not the easiest to write lyrics and vocal lines slash melodies to. Incidentally, they were both used live as instrumental jams. Ed, Al, and Mike jammed to the music of Girl Gone Bad for the Diver Down tour before it was recorded. You can see it on the U.S. Festival video. I think Dave worked within a theme with his lyrics a little better than Sam did on their respective songs, but when Sam is actually singing, it's pretty good. Pretty good? Eh. Uh, the music is superb. This is a standout track for Al. Uh, for both sound and performance, this is probably my favorite Al Van, uh, Van Halen, the Alex Van Halen track. Definite upvote. No arguments, man. Yeah, like even if uh, the lyrics and the vocals didn't do it for you, uh, if everything else didn't work for you. Alex Van Halen is slaying this song, man. I mean, I mean, honestly just the rhythm section in general is slaying the song. So, but uh we'll give it give it to Alex, man, cuz every once in a while we like to pull out a little gem of a song and it's usually because it's an Alex special. So, there you have it. There, those are the thoughts on our voters, uh at least our patron voters, uh on Pleasure domes. And like I said, if you want it guaranteed red on the show, join the Discord, you got to join our Patreon. It's easy. It's fun. Do it.
1: All the cool kids are doing it.
0: Yeah, all the cool kids are doing it. We're all about uh, knowing what's uh, going down with the cool kids. So now it's time to almost spin the wheel. And I say almost because we got to do our other favorite thing. Before we spin the wheel, say it with me and take a drink. Manifest. Here we go. Woohoo! Yeah.
1: All right, we have a ton on the discords. I'm I'm going to get Mark... uh, Uh, here it's going to be kind of tough to get all the, the manif- uh, manifestos, or sorry, the uh, manifestations uh, in order. Yeah, it's because every, everyone's <laughs> jumping around on Discord. So uh, what we're going to do, uh, Darren and I will go first while you look those up, Mark. Uh, we're going to try and go manifest ahead. what this wheel is going to spin for us here tonight. Um, one of the Scots, uh, forgive me, I think it was Scott Monroe maybe called a shot uh, with Pleasure Dome last week. Uh, so he's eligible to get one of those. Uh, I called him a shot and joined the Manifest Club uh, and the podcast will rock t-shirts on Public. I haven't called my shot in forever. Uh, Mark, you've called your shot a couple times. I'm at three times uh, out of the entire mm-hmm. catalog. So we're going to try and, and manifest the song for the wheel to spin tonight. I'll go first. Um, I have it on good authority that Mark uh, is going to exercise his godlike patri- uh, podcast powers, and if we accidentally spin a Sammy track, he's throwing it away, and we're going to keep spinning till we get a Dave track because we got the guy who literally wrote the book on David Lee Roth on here tonight. Uh, and that's Mark Meyer. No, it's not. It's Darren Paltrowitz. Uh, so we're going to be. Not me. no uh No. We're going to be uh, spinning. A, 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 yeah, why not? Right. You just True. make up a bunch of shit. That's what Dave does. Anyways. Uh, yeah. we're gonna. <laughs> so uh, we're going to spin a Dave track here tonight. And I'm going to keep saying it until we spin it. It's one of my favorites off of Van Halen too. Somebody get me a doctor. That's what I'm hoping for here tonight. Uh, Darren Paltrowitz. Uh, I'm hoping you can see the wheel here uh, on our yes. little uh, zoom screen. We have 15 tracks left. What song are you hoping to spin here tonight?
2: I feel like laughing hard. So bullet head. Okay. <laughs> because uh <laughs> bullet head is probably my second least favorite song on a different kind of truth. So, right. uh, Hey, I'm game for anything here.
1: Excellent. All right. So that's one for somebody get me a doctor one for Bullethead. head. Mark, uh, have you gone through the, the discord? Do you have all the uh, manifestations in front of you?
0: I do. And that is a due in large part, uh, for from our friend Tom Armbruster, who decided to compile the uh, he 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 waded through the shit pile of uh, what was happening in the manifestations uh, Discord channel, and he said just to sum it up for Mark because he will get confused and it'll <laughs> slow the pace down. And I appreciate he didn't say all that, but it was implied. So I appreciate you, Tom. And here we go. Uh, the manifestations. Uh, Scott Monroe wants hang him high. Okay. Uh, Josh wants House of Pain. He's trying to he's there trying to end 1984. Wheel, yeah. yeah, right away. Jeff Brewer wants Atomic Punk. Of course, uh, our buddy Chaz Mataz is absolutely going for Josephina because he he just wants to rip the band aid off Van it. Halen three. You're
1: not getting it because we're not spinning that <laughs> yeah. one to
0: Even if we spin it, you're not getting it yeah. this time. So <laughs> sorry, Chaz. <laughs> and uh, let's see. And then Tom is in agreement with Scott Monroe. He wants Hang 'em High. All right, we still Those got. A, we are got a, the manifestations?
2: I think
1: we got a couple yeah. off Diver Down. We have Hang 'em High and uh, Big Bad Bill, so that wouldn't finish off Diver Down. But
2: I would be happily happily listening to Big Bad. Bill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna find out awfully sooner. Let's bring in the wheel. There it is, yeah. right there. Uh, how many folks do we have watching? I don't even know. Should
0: probably check that out.
1: Eh, you know what, we're just going to guess. We're going to say there's six watching, there's three on the call. I'm going to shuffle this thing nine times. Does that sound good?
2: Nine times.
1: Nine times. All right. So shuffle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. If we're ready to rock and roll, here we go.
0: Here Wait, we go. I, I, I didn't manifest mine. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake.
1: All right. I ge- Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you get a manifestation in there, too. <laughs> I am one of the hosts. All right. What do you want to hear?
0: Jamie's crying. Go.
1: Jamie's All right. I got to bring in the wheel again. I got to bring the song again. All right. Here we go. Oh, did I do it? I did it. That's number four. Somebody get me a doctor.
0: Yes, sir. I'm about to get Corey a championship ring. I think once you <laughs> call your shot four times, you, uh, yeah, you get a ring. You get a special Oh, ring. nice. That's I That's championship wait. caliber. Oh,
1: like somebody bat. get me a doctor. Love it. Been waiting for that Van one for a while.
0: Too. You have been waiting for that one for a while. So. I think right. I've manifested uh... that about
1: 40 times in the history of the show because it's <laughs> one of my all-time uh, favorite uh, Dave tracks for sure. So uh, I'm really looking forward wait. to this one. Uh, and this way is to show
0: uh, your hands.
1: Oh, I think this one actually finishes off Van Halen too.
0: No way! It does. Oh, 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 wow! Well, you guys, you you heard it here first. We have we have officially finished Van Halen two. So uh, that will be that's our next live show. Yeah, that is our next live show. That's probably
1: gonna have to wait until uh, March though, because we have the uh, the trivia yeah, show. It'll it'll
0: have to wait coming
1: up in February. But yeah. <laughs> Van Halen 2, the, the one I, I controversially stated was my favorite Van Halen record, uh, Van Halen 2. So.
2: I'm totally with you. that yeah. People don't talk about Van Halen 2 very much, but the songs are spectacular. The production's not as great as Van Halen 1 or 84, but super underrated record.
0: To me, I've always said, because uh, I Corey and I both adore Van Halen 2, I have always considered in my... Listening days that, uh, essentially in my head, canon Van Halen's one and two are essentially one big album that are just cut in half, you know. It's like because I I feel like you could, uh, but to your point, is the quality a little bit better in one? Yeah, uh, just a little, but it, it doesn't ruin the listening experience to me. And to me, I can just easily transition at the end of Van Halen one and go right into Van Halen two without. Feeling like I missed something, um, so in, in my mind, I always like to picture Van Halen One and Two as sort of just one long album, and that just that that makes the enjoyment even more mm-hmm. for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so not nothing bad to say about this album. Again, showing my hand early, but I mean, it's it's Van Halen Two. We've talked about this many times before, so it is what it is. So uh, Chaz
1: in the chat is trying to uh, put forward a bullshit theory that it's rigged. Uh, everything is rigged uh it's not
0: yeah, quit saying wow it's, it's been a while since we've heard that one yeah and then
1: jepper wow. says definitely rigged it never came up the 50 times i manifested that one no it's just because we <laughs> only had 15 songs left and eventually we were going to spin it but uh why you think uh, especially this song mark uh, why it kind of ties in with van halen was this is one of the first songs they ever wrote uh it, it, they played it at all their early shows it just kind of got squeezed off of van halen one but they brought it back for van halen too
0: if it's not broke, don't fix it. And obviously they felt like they had something really special with the track or with the song itself that even, even by uh, essentially semi-discarding it in lieu of their debut album, they still couldn't let it go, you know? They had to bring it back. They had said, hey, that was a good track. We we, I, I think people enjoyed it when we were playing those clubs and we were playing those parties, so why not bring it back? Let's see what we can uh, do with it. And... Maybe also, and this might be a question for Darren. This might be a question for you know actual experts. I am not. I'm just guessing. Maybe they were kind of having uh, some some trouble coming up with uh, a newer song, and they thought, well, why bother? We already have this one that we could just reuse.
2: And they yeah, did rush job of an album.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if so, if you've already got it in the arsenal, and but you haven't put it to uh, like an official record yet. Why wouldn't you? Right.
1: All right. Do you boys ready to listen to some music? Absolutely. All right. Let's go uh, all the way back to Van Halen too. And this is somebody get me a doctor.
0: Oh, that riff is dirty. Oh, Isn't it's that so some? dirty and I love it. It's so good. It's so, I love it. And uh, that might be my favorite Dave intro uh, of all the ones in his arsenal. Just that, just oh, ah, just that high-pitched howl coming in, like making it metal as fuck. And I, I I dig it. I really dig it. We start off with a big barrel and then you hear
1: one, two, mm-hmm. anytime you got a
0: count uh, leading into a song, uh, I'm all in. And then Dan, 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 It's like old school, you know. It's like we're doing it old school. We're counting it out out loud, you know. We're just going right into it and just uh, with those power chords and just, just let it rip and put some stank on it. Damn right! <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I, I like the lyrical transcription of the Dave scream is awe. Yeah. A-W. Oh yeah. Aw. <laughs> aw. <laughs> that's that's how you transcribe a Dave scream. Aw. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic.
1: Darren, anything you want to say about the intro to this one?
2: It's great. It's a classic, and in Dave's early 2000s on his solo tours, he wasn't really doing a lot of deep cuts, uh, deep cuts, but he was doing Somebody Get Me a Doctor every night, so clearly the song meant a lot to him.
1: Mm. All right, let's keep her going. We got to talk about the harmonies uh, on Somebody Get Me a Doctor. That's one thing mm-hmm. when they did this, when Wolfie joined the band, uh, that it they didn't lose a step. Like, Wolfie, I think, really sang this good uh, whenever they, they did this song live uh, on the reunion shows. And mm-hmm. it's it, the magic of Mikey. And actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Darren, but on Van, the Van Halen 3 tour, they did this song, but Mikey sang it, didn't he, instead of Gary?
2: I believe so. And I think I saw Mike sing this on the at the sammy gig that i saw in vegas a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. yeah he's
1: been doing that someone lately i'm hoping they'll break it out on the i can't call it the best of all worlds tour anymore because sammy changed the name of the tour it's now the thank you tour
2: is it really i that did not hit my radar
1: yeah i I just read a thing today where he said he's actually gonna call it the thank you tour because it's a thank you to the fans and a thank you to eddie
2: that's cool (laughs) no it's not (laughs) it's it's not cool
1: but it's the sentiment is cool the sentiment gratitude at best yeah like i'm going to the show in (laughs) toronto and i was really hoping for a best of all worlds t-shirt but i'm gonna get a t-shirt with sammy's mug on it and it says thank you that that's that's gonna be pretty lame
2: yeah (laughs) I, i don't think it's many steps removed from when you watch a person accepting a grammy or an emmy and they go first of all none of this would have happened without the blessings of god and you go okay okay pr spin here (laughs) here." it's like well,
0: you know but it's also the grammys and it's like who the fuck cares like does anyone really care about the grammys
2: anymore true i i just think that you do gratitude in real life you just don't name tours after gratitude exactly yeah
1: all right let's keep going Ow, ooh, uh, according to the lyric sheet. <laughs> Ow, <ooh.
0: laughs> Yeah, it, it, Ow, is what Dan says. And, it. Aw, yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I found a quote uh, from Brad Talinsky's book, uh, Eruption, Conversations with Eddie Van Halen. Uh Somebody gave me a doctor, it sounds like it's going to come off the rails at any minute. It slows down, it speeds up, it stops, it does all these different <laughs> things, and it's really like a great blues jazz band or early rock band. I, I thought that, that totally. summed it up pretty well. Yeah,
0: yeah they... Uh, that's that's not my uh i love that solo i love everything that that fucking eddie and mikey are doing holy shit uh but that <laughs> that moment right before it comes to its cadence there is just what do y'all do it? what are we doing it almost feels like the rest of the band knew when to transition into like slow tempo and then eddie just like no 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 let's pick it back up oh we're not gonna do that oh okay i got you i got it and they're like just leave that in we're not gonna correct it in the studio leave it in That's what it
2: felt like to me. Yeah. And one of the Dave recent podcasts where he was just talking about how important he was, he was talking about how him and Eddie wrote everything in Van Halen, which we know is not true because I'll wait was co-written by Michael McDonald. And Mm -hmm. the hot for teacher drum riff was clearly not written by Dave or Eddie and the (laughs) 1984 intro keyboard thing was related to the Michael Anthony bass solo from that era. Mm -hmm. And I hear a song like this and I go, there's intricate things happening in the bass part and then the arrangement. And some people say that arrangement is not songwriting. It's just arrangement and you shouldn't get it credit for it. So that's up for debate, but clearly Ted Templeman was involved in the creation of this song.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one thing about those Templeman records, they're produced, like, perfectly. There's so much separation. Uh, Yeah. You you, you get bass, you get guitar, you get drums, like, everything's just mixed uh, so damn well. Uh, I'm going back to Talinsky's book, uh, and his quote was, um, these are uh, cool, ripping artificial harmonics, and these volumes swell, but it's just such an exciting song. I can listen to that any day, any time. Not just the guitar part, but the whole damn thing, and I absolutely uh, agree. Now, um, I'm getting called out in the chat that um, uh, if you read the uh, Van Halen News Desk article um, that Sammy's just kind of offhandly referring to it as the thank you tour. Maybe it's still going to be called the best of all worlds tour. Um, But his quote was, I'm calling it the thank you tour. So I don't know if he's officially calling it the thank you tour, if that's just kind of like his his meaning behind it. Because he talked about how this is for the fans.
0: Okay. Uh, and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That's, so, that's, uh, that sounds like he's just like in his mind. Yeah. That's what he's calling it. It, it may not officially,
1: be officially the, yeah. the thank you tour. So, yeah. Yeah. As Scott points out, uh, my t shirt might still be intact. So I sure hope so.
2: <laughs> Mark, you said the magic words in his mind. In his mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All
0: right. Look, to be honest, I'd rather be in his mind than David Lee Roth's at this moment for sure. I'd yeah. rather
2: be neither of their minds. <laughs> I'd rather I mean, be. I, Right, I'd rather be right. in David Coverdale's mind. There's, there's a lot more sanity in that guy's mind. That guy has a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. He, he survived the same kind of stuff that all these guys did. There's so many peers of the classic rock world that I hear their name and I don't go, oh, that guy's nuts. Like if we're talking about Kevin Cronin from Mario Speedwagon, I don't go, oh man, that guy's crazy. I'd go, oh, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, that's I, I don't that's know. I'm know. just, I'm super clouded by these last few months. <laughs> I,
1: no, it, that's fair. That's, those are fair assessments. David Coverdale is a must follow on Twitter. Great guy. Yeah. Or
2: X or, or whatever. Like Richard is. Marx. He's one of those hilarious musicians you don't realize is a hilarious musician. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, you had me there. All right. I'll do that. Marxism. Richard Marxism, that is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm a Marxist, a Richard Marxist. Like, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Richard
1: Marks, who uh, just made news because he yelled at a woman for talking loudly at his concert. Like, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. Shut up, Karen. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Somebody get me a doctor. Here we go.
0: about heroin awesome well, i you,
1: i found a quote from eddie uh talking to guitar hold he said quote it's about being high and feeling good which everyone again can relate to it's a common theme in the lyrics of david lee roth yeah
0: <laughs> yes yeah, it's just like i wrote i wrote this one uh after i was way too high and i was like no seriously y'all call me a doctor my heart won't stop beating so fast <laughs> it's like you're good bro it's it's just you know it's the coke you'll 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 pass out and you'll be fine Yeah. All right. All right. Somebody give me a doctor often uh, requested, often manifested and never come to fruition until tonight. And uh, serendipitously, uh, a Dave track for the Dave guy. Uh, And that completes our journey on Van Halen 2, which, you know, oh, that's sad because I thought uh, I thought Van Halen 1 and 2. We're going to be uh, poetically and ironically the last bits of songs that we had left on the, uh, on the wheel. And we still got a few from Van Halen one, but it's not uh it's not just these two. I thought that would have been really, really nice, but here we are. We're finishing it up, wrapping right. it up, Darren, before uh, Corey comes back and before we vote on it, uh, any, uh, what sort of uh parting words do you have uh, for
2: uh, somebody get me a doctor? It musically i think is a grand slam of a track lyrically when you actually read along to it while it's playing you go oh boy i you go <laughs> i think he had the title i think he had that last joke at the end like somebody give me a shot i think that's all he really had and then he was working around and going okay uh what rhymed to doctor okay not a lot here we got proctor Oh, I can't sing about Proctor's. Wait,
0: wait a minute. Are you suggesting that Dave and all of his wondrous lyricism that apparently he has had that our listeners won't quit telling me about, uh, how he's the vastly superior lyricist to uh, Sammy, you're telling me he's just kind of
2: just winging it on this one? I, I Obviously, we're thinking alike on that one. I think that Dave had his best and his most thoughtful there's few people better but there's a lot of garbage in the in the dave lyrical department just like sammy i think we can all agree that there's certain van halen songs that you hear and you go this is clearly a guitar riff Mm -hmm. and somebody has to sing something on top of it and then there's other ones you go oh no that's prophetic he was singing about something I still don't know what the song I'll wait is about. I still don't fully understand it, but I think it means something.
0: I'm sure it does. But see that, that points to what I have been trying to say this whole time. Every time I defend uh, a Sammy track, uh, because most of the time, and I have admitted Sammy does not have great lyrics. A lot of the time, like sometimes they're either too on the nose or they're just so out there that, like Sammy, come back to Earth real quick, dude. And it's like, what are, what are you saying here? And then sometimes I, I would say, a lot of the times, I think he nails it. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. our our listeners and our audience are pretty pretty determined that Sammy's lyrics are just always pretty awful. Uh, it doesn't take away from his vocal ability, but his lyrics are awful. Uh, Dave always wrote better lyrics. Never and like nobody ever talked shit about any of the lyrics Dave wrote. And I'm like, look, let's be fair here. Not every single bit of Dave's lyrics are gems. They're not all gold, okay? And I try my best to point them out when they happen. Like this one right here. This is a great song. Lyrically, as you and I have just discussed, lyrically, it's not a lot happening. It's like, okay, it's about being high and you need a doctor. I, it just it just feels like you didn't have a lot to go with here and you just made it some shit up. Um, yeah. Kind of like
2: I that- tattoo, tattoo.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm just all I'm saying, dear listeners, dear friends, uh, my, my, my lovelies out there. uh, uh, Let's call it fair when it's fair. Okay. (laughs) Let's admit, let's admit when, when Dave is not writing good lyrics, let's admit they're not good. The song itself might be awesome. But let's just let's just keep it fair. That's all I'm saying. And these last 14 songs we have left and in the live shows, let's just be fair about it, okay? If we're gonna if we're gonna if you're gonna analyze Sammy's lyrics as hard as we all do, uh, then we should extend the same courtesy to Sammy and Gary's lyrics, you know. And, and I mean, and we do. We've uh oh, poor Gary. Apologies to Gary. Uh we just we have slammed him so hard for his for his try on on van halen 3 and we're not done yet we still got one song there but uh enough about that you know what i'm gonna start with uh Corey. i'm gonna start with you man i know how this is gonna go but i just want to hear your thoughts on it so the longly awaited somebody get me a doctor for you is it what dreams are made of or is the dream over <laughs>
1: You know, um, as we're getting close to the end of our journey here, Mark, I'm thinking we're going to have to do like a top 10, Uh, you know, for like the very final episode uh, before we branch into the solo stuff, because I think the plan is we're going to get into Dave solo, Sammy solo, uh, Gary, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But before we get into that, I'm like, what are my top 10 Van Halen tracks? Somebody Get Me a Doctor very well may end up uh, on those top 10 tracks. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And you're talking about an album I absolutely love in Van Halen too. Uh, like like Dern said, people aren't talking about it enough. It's my favorite Van Halen record. Uh, I I think it's solid from top to bottom. We were talking about Dance the Night Away and Out of Love Again and Light Up the Sky and DoA and Women in Love and Beautiful Girls and this is maybe my favorite song on that record. Like it, it, it's as guaranteed. Uh, that's what dreams are made of for me. as I've had in a long time on this show um, because I love this record. I love this song. It, it's just something about the riff, the way the how it's mixed, the way they're playing it, the harmonies. Uh, The lyrics, sure. Uh, I don't listen to Van Halen so much for lyrics. I know I kind of break them down because that's kind of what our job is here, to talk a little bit about the lyrics. As long Mm -hmm. as it sounds cool, I'm kind of okay with it. When you're talking about cherries on bananas, it doesn't sound cool. You need a second helping, I don't give a fuck. It sounds like shit. This sounds cool, right? Dave makes this sound cool. So I I know there's a lot of talk in the chat about the lyrics. uh, Somebody actually pointed out, uh, Scott Everett said, lyrics-wise, Dave's floor is higher than Sammy's is. Uh, when they both put in the work, they both could be great, which is a great comment because they absolutely could. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think there, there's more examples of Dave's being higher than, than Sammy's, unfortunately, uh, when, it, when it comes to this band. And this is, you know, lyrically not great, but come on, that chorus, somebody get like, I, I can't sing, obviously. I'm not going to uh, horrify you all with that, but it, it just, it always brings a smile to my face. And I know the guys, I, I always bring in the the lyrics and stuff on the call. Uh, but you guys can see me on the Zoom call and I'm banging my head and I'm singing along like it's just it makes me feel good. And and that's what Van Halen always did for me is this is a band that always made me feel good uh, from mm-hmm. from pillar to post. And, and this is one of my all time favorite tracks. Will it make my top 10? Very possible. But uh, for tonight, it's absolutely what dreams are made of. Uh, but now we're going to go to the, uh, the David Lee Roth expert. He literally wrote the book on David Lee Roth, even though he hates him so much. Uh, he's a big, he's a big Gary guy, from what I hear. Loves Josephina. Hey.
2: I, I I started this book as the biggest Dave fan imaginable, and I ended the book a huge, huge fan. And then once I finished the book, all these people started coming out of the woodwork to tell me all of their Dave horror stories. Oh, it's like <laughs> I'm waiting for positive stories. I'm waiting for he pulled <laughs> kittens out of a burning building or he gave mm. bonuses in a, in a good way, or I'm just waiting for something. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's hatred. It's more like, um, indifference. Yeah. It, it's more, why can't you be more like David Coverdale at this <laughs> point? <laughs> hey, David, Lee be Rob, like the other Dave who employed Steve Vai.
1: DLR, make something. sure the checks are there at the gig in paper form. By a hot female accountant, all 83 checks are right there to be handed out oh, at the end of the show.
2: And and another reason that story does not make full sense is he's saying what bag the the person he, he was saying, and this is well, not a Motley Crue groupie, this, this is a high-end one, and she has a Gucci bag. So her Gucci bag had 80-plus paper <laughs> checks in it? What? Well, who are these accountants that just go to random gigs and go, here's everyone's checks... I know you got paid <laughs> direct deposit on all the other gigs, but here's your check.
1: Yeah, we're not Joe's gonna mail page. him to you, and, and, and this was like that, the yeah, we're we're gonna instead of mailing him to you or direct deposit, I'm bringing him to the gig. I'm gonna sit in the pit uh, w- with other fans in my Gucci bag and have uh, everybody. You know that yeah. uh, that one he there were side stage, I think, but I thought one they were in the crowd where Wolfie's <laughs> like, poor oh. Woman
0: was- that poor woman was paid to be there to pretend no, to give out checks. It's,
1: it's just like, how, how stupid what did, are you doing? Think
0: yeah. What in? are you doing, dude?
2: <laughs> but anyway, I just, there's so many things that just don't add up, but uh, yeah. yeah, going back, I, I think that this is a spectacular Van Halen song. It has the attitude. It has the riff. It has the energy. It has all the stuff that you would want from 1970s Van Halen. It, I'm not going to say it sounds timeless, but it, Practically does sound timeless. You wouldn't hear it and go, oh, that's so 70s. It's mm-hmm. not like it's fog hat or something like that. It just sounds timeless. So, absolutely what dreams are made of.
1: It's not Savoy Brown. It, it, it's not buried in the 70s. I'm shocked.
2: I did recently interview Roger Earl and Scott Holt from hat and they're wonderful, delightful people. But when I think of Foghat, I do think of them as a seventies band, and yeah. I don't think of Van Halen's first two albums as nineteen seventies. It just sounds kind of timeless to me.
1: It sounds like Van Halen, but I, I was just yeah. uh, I, I just did a show on you want to talk about band drama? How about everybody in the band but one guy leaving Savoy Brown to go for him Foghat and and leaving one guy in Savoy Brown? I'm like, well, that that's band drama, all right.
2: Yeah, and that's yeah, but, a huge band that nobody talks about as being a huge band because of legacy, poor legacy yeah. management like Van Halen or Grand Funk or That It's just this list of bands that are much bigger or were much bigger than we remember because of all that.
1: There you go. We're going to have to do yeah. a Savoy Brown podcast now, but before we do that, we got to get Mark Kameyer's vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark uh, noted Dave hater. Hater of all things, really, Mark Kameyer. Uh, yeah, uh, unless everything. it's like uh, you know DC Comics, you know. Oh, I love fucking DC. <laughs> what do you think about somebody get me a doctor? Is this what dreams are made of, or is the dream
0: over? Well, I don't hate Fog oh, of... and I love all comics, motherfucker. By the way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just call. Let's keep it real. It's comics. uh comics. Uh, Well, I've never read those. Well, that was a Marvel comic,
1: right? Back in the day, where they uh, donated their blood for the uh, ink. Yeah, that was a Marvel. Yeah,
0: I think I think they were they were under the Marvel brand. So, you know, but not all Marvels are winners. Not all DCs are winners. You know what is a winner? Somebody give me a Doctor. Yeah, this is a great track, man. I mean, like you tell me, Corey, that this one might make your uh, top ten of Van Halen songs. I'm not going to fight you again. I'm not going to argue against that because, of course, it comes from uh, an album that you and I both absolutely love this track is one of the uh you know if you had to give solid examples of why this song is held so highly i think somebody get or why this uh album is held so highly i think somebody give me a doctor is a perfect example it's like just listen to that that's why um and if that doesn't work for you then, then you know you throw in another song and uh and it just it, it just evens it out. But, there's not a bad song on Van Halen 2, but Somebody Give Me a Doctor is definitely one of the songs that adds to the awesome flavor that is Van Halen 2. I've said it before, I said it earlier on the show. I, I like to think of Van Halen 1 and 2 as basically one big long album, and Somebody Give Me a Doctor to me really feels like it belongs in the uh you know in the repertoire of that giant cycle if you put Van Halen 1 and 2 together. Uh, they, it doesn't it doesn't miss it doesn't miss a step whatsoever. It feels like the same Van Halen. It it is the same Van Halen, but I mean, it just it actually feels like it. And this is that party have fun Van Halen that so many people love. I think that's honestly why uh there are so many Roth loyalists out there is because they are clinging to how they felt in this particular era of van halen this and van halen one especially just because these two albums were bangers they're still bangers to this day we're still talking about it this podcast doesn't happen if those albums aren't as successful as they are i don't think because we just be like yeah van halen they were good they got good later but that early work whoo that's going to be rough like no the early work is the like Almost the gold standard, you know, and I know I'm saying that as a more of a Sammy guy, but it's it's just the truth. And I'm not saying that just because I think specifically Dave is superior. No, I'm just saying everyone. Everyone in the band were firing on all cylinders in this particular era, and to me, they just they couldn't miss a step. This was the point in time where they couldn't miss a step, and you know, back to back albums. So, uh, somebody give me a doctor is a shining example of that. That solo is is killer. I love what Michael Anthony's doing, both uh, you know his background vocals, but also on the bass. Alex Van Halen is just he's making sure you know that he's there. And he's not going to let you forget that he's there. And then Dave, honestly, vocally, um, lyrically aside, because I think the lyrics are just kind of, eh, whatever. But they do fit. Like Corey said, are they stupid? Yeah, but do they fit the song? Yes, they do. So can't complain too much. But honestly, vocally, uh, Dave's doing some really, really good stuff there. I Like I said, the his little intro, Hal, is probably my favorite of his little intros. He didn't do a lot of vocal intros, but the ones he does... This one stands out. For you me. mean so, awe?
1: Because in the lyric sheet it said yes. His
0: his awe, <laughs> his awe, <laughs> his, awe. Yeah. his awe. Just uh, it it awes me, is what it does. uh And so for all those reasons, uh somebody get me a doctor is absolutely what dreams are made of. And you know what, Van Halen two is what dreams are made of. Yeah. And be on the lookout, you guys, because soon, sometime soon, maybe not immediate, but sometime soon, we're gonna do another live show and we're gonna discuss the ever. Popular Van Halen too. So
1: I can't uh, wait. Now we do have a, a, a conversation in the chat. Scott Monroe asks, uh, could this be the one to dethrone little guitars? So right now if you look at uh every week we put up a poll uh and everybody yeah. can vote on their uh you know what if it's what dreams are made of or is the dream over. Right now, little guitars still leading the way, episode sixty-five, the number one song in our poll. 98.6% what dreams me, are made me of. too. Like that is crazy for Little Guitars, mind. isn't it?
2: Yeah. I I really like Little Guitars and, and all that, but it starts off strong. Don't love the chorus. Don't love the breakdown as much. <laughs> that's not one of my 20 favorite Van Halen songs. I'm shocked that's your number one.
1: Number one. Number two it's, is Take Your Whiskey Home. Number three, Mean Street, which I know Jeff Brewer is going to agree with. Number four, Hot for Teacher, and number yeah. five comes from this record, uh DOA, uh, which is currently ninety-six point two percent. So it's gonna be interesting to see where
0: uh somebody get me a doctor lands on that one. What's what's more surprising is not only is little guitar still in the like massive lead there with ninety-eight percent, but like this is a song that isn't one of their more popular songs in terms of mainstream success. Uh, like, I, I think if you ask a Joe Schmoes, like, you like Van Halen? Like, yes, for sure. You like Little Guitars? Like, which one <laughs> is that? Yeah, Guarantee that's what they say. Not only that, this song, Little Guitars, comes from Diver Down, which we have been told repeatedly by our audience is not their favorite album <laughs> at all. In fact, so many of our listeners have gone out of their way to tell us how much they're just not into it because it is they quote unquote covers album. I don't agree with that. But it was like, yeah, there's a lot of covers, but I don't call it their covers album. I call it an album. They did mm-hmm. with some covers. Um, and then they got some, you know, the originals like little guitars, but uh, it just, it, it just, it baffles me that everyone kind of is very down on diver down, but yet little guitars is the standout so much so that it's our highest rated song that we've done. you guys, make it make sense because i just i can't
1: <laughs> well and uh, jeff points on the chat dance the night away should have beat it uh i like dance the night away better than than little guitars do dance the night of the way currently i do too is, <laughs> is 15th <laughs> I do or too. sorry uh 19th yeah. uh when you look at our rankings dance the night away is number 19 uh 91.6 like- what dreams are made of 8.4 percent. the dream is over uh, my favorite. I like uh, Dance
0: the Night Away better than our. <laughs> like, I think I like Dance the Night Away better than our top five right now.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I'm wondering if this is one of those things where you're not allowed to just get a cheeseburger at a restaurant anymore. They have to add extra toppings to that cheeseburger to make it look like it's special because you're not allowed to tell anyone that you love the cheeseburger. They'll they'll be like, "Well, it has pickled croutons." And it's uh, turkey bacon. And then we put a remoulade on it. You go, I just want a cheeseburger. I think the, I think your listeners are afraid to admit that they want the cheeseburger. And little guitars is the the remoulade and the turkey bacon, <laughs> all that because they don't want to seem like they're simple people. Can, can who we the hell put God? Who, who the hell put croutons
0: on my burger? What
2: the shit is this? Oh, you have to understand, it's 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 a Swedish delicacy, and you you can't just like a cheeseburger anymore. So oh, little, croutons is, uh, li- little, <laughs> little croutons is little little croutons. Didn't even say that, but little croutons
0: yeah, well, yeah. That, i mean there it is and don't get me wrong we upvoted little guitars we thought it was oh yeah a, it's a it's 100%. a great track but it's not I just number don't one
2: understand how yeah
0: like, i don't understand how that is the number one but it, i think it is what it is maybe I guess.
2: the people like when eddie plays the ugly little guitar maybe
1: yeah <laughs> maybe my favorite van halen track of all time currently is still uh panama uh which is number 23 <laughs> Uh, in the Ugh. rankings right now, Panama got ninety point seven percent. What dreams are made of? Nine point three percent. The dream is over, which seems low. And, and even when I you're would, looking at diver that, down songs, low. where have all the good I've times gone? Really is number twenty
2: one really rude and interrupt and say, "Who are these people that say where have all the good times gone?" Is <laughs> is a top thirty Van Halen song? Right? Who are the people <laughs> listening to your show? Are they trolling you, and you just don't realize you have a certain trolling audience? The full bug is number uh,
0: thirty-five out of one hundred and nine songs. The full bug. Yeah, the full bug. Like I, <laughs> I mean, to answer your to answer your question, Darren, um, we do have quite a bit of trolls out there for sure. These are the same trolls that will absolutely downvote the moment they see a Sammy song, despite listening, not listening to it probably, or just not knowing what it is, but they know that it's not a day of tunes. So downvote. Yep. And that is why uh, Sammy has yet to break a uh, 90%. He does. Yeah. Our highest because... ranked
1: uh, Sammy song is pound cake ranks number 27 on the rankings. 89.1%. What dreams are made of 10.9%. The dream is over just below Unreal. center swing and just above as is from a different
0: kind of truth. Unbelievable real i just yeah i i yeah i tried i stopped trying to make sense of it a long time ago just because i couldn't and it was it was starting to get to me and it's on it's all on those shows when i when i discuss it because you 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 all all are list our dear listeners the ones that are actually listening i adore all of you i don't understand your voting sometimes but it is what it is. I know it's not all of you, uh, especially our patrons. Like, they're they're very vocal, and we've given them that voice, so they let us know. But most of the time, it's just the randos. And, but, hey, randos, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Why are you voting the way you are voting?
2: Little <laughs> croutons. It,
0: little croutons. <laughs> make it make sense. So Oh, uh, it, it, play it I live. People
1: love we, Where Have All the Good Times Gone. Massive sing-along. There you go. I, I, I didn't think it was that big, but Chaz thinks it was. I mean – okay
0: well then cool yeah but still it's a good tune <laughs> still, we, we, we said high. what we said <laughs> yeah it still seems high yeah running with the devil is song. number 20 that doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh and the cradle rock is 12th
0: actually you know what they're gonna say they're gonna say yeah but all of those songs are overplayed all the time so somebody like, pointed
1: that out uh maybe it's why yeah, it stays away from that dumb argument of, I've heard it too often, Scott Everett pointed out, you never hear it on the radio, and it's a great song. Maybe that's why it got more upvotes, because it's, oh, they, they always play uh, Unchained. I'm not voting for that. Yeah,
2: pizza, I've, I've had it too many times. Yeah, I'm so sick of pizza. I can't eat pizza ever again. And ice <laughs> cream, I'm so tired of it. It's so, it's so bad. <laughs> what?
0: It's like, this cheeseburger's got croutons in it. Fuck it. <laughs> anyway. But there it is. So, yeah, yeah. one day uh, and maybe soon, maybe one day soon, we'll uh, come up with uh, an explanation as to the why. But I doubt it. I doubt it. And uh, I'm just going to continue to make peace with the fact that I don't understand how the voting goes. So
2: bullet head right. number one. You're welcome.
0: There you go. I look, it's got a shot. It might look. Little guitars is number one by like a, a huge margin, so anything's fucking possible. And we know that bullethead has been manifested quite a lot by a lot yeah. of people. So it, if it if it happens, be ready for uh for an email coming your way. But like, look what you did.
1: Just so you know, our highest rated uh, a different kind of true song right now is number twenty eight. As is,
0: it's good, but <laughs> it's not that good. It's no. not that good. No. Right, it's
1: currently beating out. Uh, hear about it later. Top of the world. Why can't this be love? Push comes to shove. Girl gone bad. Fifty-one fifty. And the legendary see, full bug.
0: <laughs> no, see there you go. Where the, was there, jump? There, yeah. the case in, case in point. It does right beat there. jump. Jump is currently number thirty-eight. <laughs> Yeah, but like, case in point, right there, all those Sammy tracks that are just falling like behind is like, but but then as is, is in the top 30. Beats 5150,
1: like, that, that's because 5150 is one of Sammy's best tunes. Best of Both Worlds Yeah, is one of my favorite Van Halen tunes of all time. Uh, it's currently sitting uh, way down at, where the hell did it go? Uh, best of Both Worlds. It's way below. It's number 36 right now. Between uh, the Full Bug and insane. Ice Cream Man.
2: Is there a Reddit group <laughs> that exists to to fix the votes
1: maybe there i don't know be. i've never looked at that yeah that's
2: i i haven't
0: either i can honestly say out of the entire time the what uh three years now Corey, yeah uh that we've been doing the show not once have i ever looked at a reddit thread so i i, I might have to now just to just to see just to just to take a peek to be like, what? Are, let's see. Let's see if we're we're getting talked about in that capacity. But the, I mean, that's that's just my ego talking. But at the same time, like I kind of want to figure it out. Exactly right. Maybe there is. Maybe there is something happening there. But Chaz nevertheless,
1: wants, Chaz wants to know in the chat. Uh, the first, uh, song, Sammy song in the overalls currently, top of the world is number 88 percent. What dreams are made of. Uh, technically, Pound Cake from live right here right now was higher, but the album track for Pound yeah. Cake was lower. So when you're talking about album tracks right now, the current leader for Sammy is top of the world at number 30. Uh, currently uh, losing to hear about it later, as is Center Swing. Everybody wants some.
0: Just take this empty bottle and beat me over the head <laughs> with it, please. God. Insane, but hey, it it is what it is. It's fine. And at this point, like I said, there's 14 more tracks left to go. So there's there's no there's no chance we're gonna sway any opinions. But uh, I just want to understand. So I'm gonna be on the lookout for Reddit on that one. Oh, oh, you know what that music means?
1: Yeah, yeah. Play the game again. It's my favorite part of the show. We're doing it twice this week. We're gonna play. How many times have Van Halen performed? Somebody Get Me a Doctor. Mark Meyer, let's start with you. Since you won the last round, how many times do you think Van Halen performed Somebody Get Me a Doctor?
0: I got to imagine they probably played this thing a lot. Yeah, probably. So, or at least, at least a good fair amount, but uh, maybe not... Maybe not so, so much. All right. I'm going to say a healthy 180 times.
1: 180. All right. Darren Paltrow to come to you now. Remember, price is right rules. How many times do you think Van Halen performed? Somebody get me a doctor.
2: As much as I just want to lean into my microphone and go $1, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go. It's got to be over 180. So if I just say 181, that takes the cake. You know what?
1: Darren Paltrowitz it. is this week's winner, ladies and gentlemen. No one is even remotely fucking close, though. Somebody Get Me a Doctor performed by Van Halen 550 times. Damn. Remember, they did this uh, They did this on the Van Halen 3 tour. They did it on uh, the 2012 tour. They did it on the 2015 tour. They actually performed it on their last show at the Hollywood Bowl October 4th, 2015. Mm-hmm. So they played the fuck out of Somebody Get Me a Doctor.
0: Well, as as well they should, because it's a really good track. So, you know, despite who's singing it and despite uh, lyrical content, it's good. It's a good song.
2: Was it the only song to have been performed in the Sharon Roth and Hagar era's life?
0: Uh, Ain't Talking
1: About Love maybe hit all three. Did Gary ever do that one? I know uh, Sammy did. Gary did
2: Unchained, I know. Yeah. But I don't know. Did Sammy do Unchained? I don't know if
0: Sammy uh, ever did Unchained, no. I don't know if he did Unchained, but he definitely did Ain't Talking About Love because
2: it's awesome.
0: Um, it's true. I feel like I feel like Gary probably did Ain't Talking About Love just because that's one of the staples of the Van Halen catalog. But I could be wrong. I know this is this is the downside of never seeing Van Halen live, so uh, I can't. I just don't know. Gary Producer did do Unchained. Anima, Gary Anima did Unchained. Was done
2: by all three.
1: Yeah. Uh, just like oh. at a sample, Gary yeah. said he did Unchained, uh, he did Mean Street, did When It's Love, Why Can't This Be Love, did I'm the One, uh, Jamie's wow. Crying, Somebody Get Me a Doctor, uh, Ain't Talking About Love Right Now, so yeah, he he did a ton of, oh. he, I mean, really uh, live, uh, you're, you're getting really the best of all worlds if you went to a Gary show, because they did, uh, unfortunately, a few Van Halen three tracks, but a really good mixture of the uh, Dave and Sammy eras.
0: That's what it sounds like. So and you know, maybe Gary sounded better doing those than the, the Van Halen three songs, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I don't know. You somebody who went to that Van Halen 3 tour, let me know. Let, let oh, us know there, there's how a great it went.
2: official bootleg Van Halen never put out live Australia, I think ninety-eight yes. that mm-hmm. you can easily find on YouTube, a full Gary mm-hmm. show that was produced. You just have a lot of cringe Gary stage moves. I'll just I don't want to say what they are. <laughs> I just, I want you to report back after you watch this. Uh, <laughs> Are they more cr- more cringe than Dave moves? Yes. Oh, uh, Dave had the high that I had to show my wife and go, look at this, look at this, look at this and she well went. that
0: sounds like a yeah. fun activity <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna do that like, when uh my fiance gets home. I'm like hey uh look at this, what look this. Doing tonight <laughs> i gotta find this australian bootleg
2: <laughs> yeah it was uh, i don't know why it never came out but it's a properly produced with helicopter shots and all that live maybe thing. it
0: was maybe it was the stage work and they were like we can't show this to people
1: <laughs> Well, Scott yeah, Madron once... in the chat says the fire in the hole move is interesting. Now I, I, I don't oh, recall shit. the fire so in Scott the hole knows. move. I gotta look that up now. <laughs> Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: There's oh, some boy. between the legs moves of of Sharon and, and the the bell bottoms and ugh. Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah Jesus enjoy Christ. well <laughs> now I have
0: oh I'm like I'm both intrigued and horrified and I'm gonna be like entertained and yet angry and I come back at you with another email but like you know what you did <laughs> okay
1: apologies to Gary he's never had the best stage moves watch the freddie mercury tribute concert when they're doing the queen medley and for that some reason true. he starts spinning for like 2 minutes he, he just yeah. spinning in a circle and it's like what what the fuck are you doing buddy fortunately he yeah. Look say. not
0: all the not all the greats have great stage moves that's for sure like sometimes they can't all be they, Robert Plant they, they can't all be Robert Plant and even i mean even some of his moves are questionable but i mean sure. like, we can't all be yeah. robert plant we we can't all be uh fucking i mean i don't know just Freddie Mercury. name a lanky artist we can't we all can't be david be,
1: coverdale we can't all be david coverdale absolutely david,
0: it all comes full circle so that's right that's amazing and speak speaking of full circle you know what darren man it, it it's been a pleasure having you here once again uh it's been a while and we're we're happy you came back and we're happy to uh to talk some some David Lee Roth stuff with you, even if it wasn't in the, the most pleasant of light, it's still something to talk about. So please, once again, tell the people what you got going on with the book, where they can find you, where
2: they can find it, what else is happening. The floor is yours. Thank you. DLR book, How David Lee Roth Changed the World, is out now through Backbeat and Roman and Littlefield. You can get a Van Halen store, Amazon, Target, Walmart, wherever you buy your books, you can get it online, should be available. The Kindle, I think there was a mishap, and it's finally out in two weeks, something like that. Then I tape interviews five, six days a week, Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz on 150-plus stations and OTT carriers, including Byron Allen's Local Now. Uh, Byron Allen owns the world. You just have to realize that. because he submitted that $40 billion bid to buy Paramount this week. Oh, so did he? He's on team Byron oh Allen. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Byron Allen is the king. You, <laughs> you should build your shrine now while you still can. And uh, <laughs> specific to the people who listen to this show, I started making these super cuts of Dave and putting them on my YouTube channel of him just yelling and flipping out. And I think I have four of them up on my YouTube channel if you look. The two of them are from that Finland 99 show that I'm obsessed with. And it's just, you know, wow. Like just one second of yelling, 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 yelling. So if you want to see that, uh, follow me on YouTube. And I do plan on posting another one within the next few days of Dave yelling. Then I think we're going to eventually move to karate kick comp- uh, compilations. Um, none of it is for uh, little croutons though. Actually, no, there's a little thing, from little croutons in there.
1: they are lovely little croutons in Hell the chat yeah. right now, i got to tell you.
2: No, no, babe. There you go. Yeah, it's not far <laughs> off. I think you guys are going to like him just yelling uh, in Finland. Uh, there's so many yelps and yows and all that. And all that stuff because my wife, just to wake me up, will just like let out a Dave Lee Roth yow out of nowhere in the middle of the workday. And uh, I realized, okay, I'm going to spend a couple of my hours of my life rewatching this and time stamping every yow from particular shows. <laughs> You're and doing then,
1: the Lord's work, my friend. Oh my goodness, how much take? I'm trying.
2: Somebody's got to remember Dave for the positive things in his life. There you and go. The yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> He's not <laughs> but, uh, doing himself any me.
1: favors I... right now. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> but hey, you know, credit goes to you too. Thank you again for having me on. Love what you're doing. You're keeping the Van Halen legacy live better than the Van Halen is. So thank you for doing that.
1: Absolutely. You're certainly trying. Thank you so
0: much. Yeah. For that.
2: They used to say I was hyperactive. Now they say I'm self-motivated. So There you go. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So thank you so much, Darren, for being on here, man. It's uh, always a pleasure. So, hey, you guys, uh, we've talked a lot about – the discord and Patreon, and we talk about that every week on the show because we want you to join it because that's where all the fun is happening you get your tweets your mini manifestos uh read live on the show Uh, you got to join the discord or i'm sorry you got to join the patreon then you get to be part of the discord and get involved in the discussion we talk about everything not just van halen but all kinds of stuff and gives us a, a nice little insight into what maybe you can expect from Corey and myself in the future because as i've mentioned we only have 14 more tracks on the wheel left to go and those are going to come by real real quick but not so quick because we'll have live shows to go go on over to triple w Dot podcast well, find all the backlog episodes find all the socials we're connected to and our merch store get you an apologies to gary t-shirt and let the army grow uh, I've, I've been you've been showing me through uh, social media all of you purchasing a shirt and that's made me so happy i have laughed really really hard uh shout out to josh who was at nam representing the yes. apologies to gary shirt getting a lot of people uh getting their heads turning getting people laughing and that just makes my heart so so happy so full eventually uh gary will catch on and hey maybe he'll even uh send us an inquiry i'll be like what the hell's happening here what are you guys doing that's the like, hope. hey glad you asked yeah that's, that's the hope, hope. he's like, like glad you asked gary come on onto the show let's have a discussion uh that is that's all i want that's all i want so do that and we also have plenty of other uh, really cool designs for the shirts on our merch store uh by our good friend kevin brown so make sure you get that uh and then uh you can find me at mark the bat on twitter and instagram uh i mean 'm I'm, I'm kind of on Twitter but barely so just just find me on Instagram and of course and the podcast will rock on Twitter and uh and Facebook I run it the best I can but I know I'm not the greatest but it's fine because you guys you don't co- you don't go to our socials for this the interaction there you you want the interaction here and everything like that so if you uh want to get in on the good dirt and the good conversations you gotta join the patreon we'll find a tier that's right for you I guarantee it Corey Always a pleasure, my man. Where hey. can people find some, uh, you know, some like-minded podcasts if they like the stuff that we do? I tell you, Mark.
1: Uh, last week, I, I I did the the pod roll, and, and I played a little uh, mm-hmm. "Beautiful Girls" by Extreme, and you yelled at me, a lot. I did uh, for an entire mm-hmm. week. Uh, you screamed yeah. and said at my wife, my children. Uh, it, it was really really uncalled for. I don't wait, remember
2: that. Wait, which song?
0: except
1: "Beautiful Girls." Oh.
2: Okay, so that was written by a guy that I grew up with. I just learned that the other day. Really? Beautiful Girls by Extreme was written by a guy from Long Island and Carl Stivo, and then extreme extreme,ed it up.
1: Oh,
0: interesting.
2: Yes, the, Jordan so, Plosky so... from my local punk rock scene. Nice. So,
0: so Jordan Plosky is responsible for
2: this. The Let's see. World. I swear to you, Jordan Plosky, you'll see his name on it.
0: Gary um, Sherrill, I believe it, but now I have so many other questions to Jordan, and one of them being, why? why? But <laughs> it, it, It's <laughs> not a favorite of the end the podcast. Where
1: we're is, wrong, oh, the no, it yeah. is not. Why,
2: why did they write a ska song? I know Jordan from the ska <laughs> scene on Long Island. I kid not. Uh, I used to go see his ska punk band called Sprout. Play. Wow. and then he landed the ryan cabrera gig and then that led to oh. I think, big time rush and other bands where he was kind of a drumming sideman for and his best friend and roommate was carl Restivo, who plays bass and extreme and that song was just sitting there and i think that is the only song that jordan ever wrote i kid not
1: Wait, who did you say girl. plays bass in Extreme? isn't that pat badgers who
2: well, he never, Jordan never played in that, but he played in that Satellite Party with Perry Farrell and Nuno. Okay. And mm. some other stuff. So it was just a song sitting there. And my friend told me that that is the only song Jordan ever wrote. <laughs> it's that.
1: <laughs> Look at the exclusive we're getting here tonight. We got Darren's uh, unfiltered uh, thoughts on David Lee Roth. And now we have this exclusive on Extremes Beautiful Girls, which is becoming kind of a uh, a classic on our show but uh because mark yelled at me so much i thought i gotta find a better song uh to read the podcast role too so hopefully this one will will meet your fancy how about potama we're gonna go, go. With this we're gonna call it potama because we're gonna talk about some different podcasts you folks can check out uh like-minded podcast if you enjoy deep dive podcast including um uh, myself and kevin brown doing the ultimate catalog clash we're pitting Uh, different albums from different artists uh, together in an ultimate catalog clash to find out who's the best this season, season two, we're doing nineties era Metallica. So that's black album load and reload. Uh, We're about halfway through load right now. Uh, So check out that show. We're going to see which, uh, which one of those albums comes out on top. I'm sure you could probably guess. I also have a couple of podcasts that are currently archived backtracks Aerosmith revisited. Uh, We uh, went through the, well, a lot of the Aerosmith catalog and compiled an Aerosmith mixtape. I also have uh, Backtrack Steam Music, where we've talked about music and movies. Uh, Kevin Brown also does a show on Tom Petty called The Tom Petty Project. He also does a, a podcast with his buddy Randy Woods about Queen called Seaside Pod Review. And then you can check out Scott Haskin, the sexiest man in podcasting at Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast, Nate and John at The Deep Purple Podcast, The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joan, David at In the Lap of the Pods. Another Queen Podcast. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, talking about Hawk Wind. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast. Clay and Riot North by South podcast. That's uh, Canadian music versus American music. That one's a lot of fun. Check that one out. Greg and Jonathan at So Far So Pod So What, talking all things Megadeth. Then we have Quinn at In Volume for All. Savnik Stephen Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Chaz and Shats at Rush Rash. Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. That's Roger Waters. And coming soon, uh, Chaz and Scott talking about van halen 3 regarding van halen 3 that'll be coming out very very soon and then we have our good friends at the Sean geek and fast fret podcast of course the dlr cast and the paltrow cast uh, fantastic work you're doing over there my friend darren uh, absolutely killer stuff the bogus Oda show booked on rock with the legendary eric senich i got my uh, hand between my legs talking about you're all doomed a friday the 13th podcast dissect that film three's company to a rewatch podcast and of course pod of thunder the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and
0: roll podcasting yeah thank you my friend awesome stuff so yeah surely surely if uh if maybe you want to take a break from the van halen-ness of it all surely deep dive podcasting network has some something to meet your rock podcasting needs after that list i mean i don't see how how it couldn't so cover pretty much everything check that out
1: i tell you what there's yes, a it's a, a george michael podcast uh just popped up they're actually uh chatting uh on our uh, live show i remember he uh, reached out quite a while ago and said uh can i take your wheel concept and use it for george michael i said absolutely oh that's I, right yeah yeah so, and so yeah. uh that it wasn't something- our
0: concept it wasn't our wheel concept either no. so was- well the the, the wheel,
1: the wheel collar- yeah we, we we stole the format from pot of thunder we added a wheel. And yeah. now everybody's doing a wheel, right? Uh, uh, the the spinning the wheel podcast on George Michael, uh, Kevin Brown just rips off all my good ideas uh, for his show. She's yeah. doing a wheel on the Queen show. Uh, we're we're getting <laughs> wheels all over the damn place. So uh, I, 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 I guess so it's, we we are the wheel podcast. That's right. We're we're the <laughs> we're originators the of the wheel, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. We're the the oh, OG But Sammy Hagar's
2: wheelers. the one who does this a lot. So that's kind of oh, a okay.
1: Wheel. Yeah, we we maybe stole that ah, from Sammy. Well. Yeah, good call. Yeah, we suck. Thanks. Yeah,
0: man. you're right. Well, at least at least we're covering, you know, you know, part of Sammy's career with the the show. So it it's it's fine. It's an homage, I think. There, there we go. go. Uh big shout out to all of those podcasts and uh yeah, definitely check those out. Uh on behalf of Corey and Darren, myself, thank you for joining us once again and we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later.